0: I'm Kate Northrup
1: and I'm Mike Watts and we're partners in life, love and business.
0: Welcome to the Kate and Mike show where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization and making a life, not just a living.
1: Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike.
0: And this is Kate.
1: This is the second time we're doing this because I forgot to press record. It's
0: so hard, these things. So we have a really fun interview for you today with our friend Laura Belgray. I have known Laura since a long time ago in New York City. The first time I ever met her, she had me literally peeing my pants laughing because we had a whole conversation about queefing in yoga class and she really took it to the next level and then... She tweeted about it or something and tagged me, and then suddenly we were being followed by all these queef accounts, and it really, like, turned into a whole thing. So Laura is a professional copywriter. She's hysterical. I think she's – I already said she's at Talkingshrimp.com. She is all about, like, creating copy that makes people open their wallet and, like, give you money. So her background got started in advertising – and TV. She still does some of that work, but she also works with entrepreneurs and we've worked with her. I've worked with her on many of our sales pages with amazing results and I've learned so much about writing great copy from Laura because she really teaches you how to use your words in an effective way to move people to take action. So it's not necessarily about being a quote-unquote good writer, though that could be part of it, but writing copy is not really the same thing as, like, writing a novel. In fact, it's definitely not the same thing. Um, So we had a really fun conversation today. We talked about the two... I think we talked about the two or three biggest mistakes that she sees people on the Internet writing copy make, especially she gave a really good example of, like, moving from you know, I'm going to teach you to be your most truthful, living in your truth, authentic, goddessliness self. And because we see a lot of copy like that in our personal development space. And she talked about how to make it much more specific. And she actually gave an example in the episode of tweaking a paragraph to make it far more compelling. So she gave the before and after, which was really compelling. So anything else you want to add, honey, about the conversation?
1: No, I think it was a really... It was a great conversation. It was funny. And just also hearing about how to structure, like, if you're not a very prolific writer, I don't think of myself as a prolific writer. And Kate, I think of as a very prolific writer since she was writing novels when she was like five. Some of the stuff her mom brings over. I was like, you were like seven years old and you wrote this. It's amazing. And just some suggestions for us, for us other folks that are not the prolific side And I think that was very helpful. So I'm very looking forward to going through their course that she created with Marie Forleo, Copy Cure, and just, it was great conversation all the way around. I think it was pretty funny.
0: Laura's really funny. So enjoy her. We freaking love her. Enjoy the episode and enjoy improving your copy. Make more sales. Bye. All right. Hello and welcome to the Kate and Mike show. We are so excited to be here with you, Laura. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I feel like I listen to so many of your podcasts and I feel like I feel like I know what it's like in your house and I feel like I'm there right now.
1: Can you describe to us what that is like?
0: What you think it's like at our house?
2: I feel like there are often a lot of toys on the floor and maybe diapers around at the moment that you are <laughs> that you have decided to feel good about. <laughs> I love that so much. That's funny. That's uh, but there's a lot of creativity, too. And you're, like, in flow.
0: I love that. Thank you for saying that. Diapers, toys, and flow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You Diapers, feel like you're in flow. flow. The, the holy trinity. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm in flow all the time, but I do feel like I'm in flow today. So that's good. So okay. it's a good day for you to be here, Laura. So I want to know... I just like to get right into things, so I don't really do warm-up questions. It sort of bugs Mike, but <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just one of my it's part of my charm. So I want to know for you because I think you're hilarious. Number one, I love your Instagram feed so much. I tell people to follow you all the time for the pure Thank hilarity of it. That's where those people. Well, come I don't from. follow
2: you. Where <laughs> you is?
0: don't follow at Talking Shrimp NYC. No. Oh my god, you're missing out on okay. like the greatest Instagram account. Ever.
1: We should have talked about this before. Oh, Laura's uh, so yeah.
0: funny. You I mean, I look looked at, at it where, while I we're reviewed talking. your website. <laughs> you can look at yeah. You just scroll Instagram and Laura and I will talk. Okay.
2: You Scroll Instagram. I mean, it, it's also it's been a little one-sided because I follow you, Mike. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Now. So you've got some making up to do. Like, go like ten posts right okay. now.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> one one.
0: I two. Okay, so, but Laura, I want to know: were you this funny as a child? Well,
2: I can't say my sense of humor was quite so sophisticated. (laughs) What I got to interrupt okay. you
1: because we're just going to give a little taste of the sense of humor. Right oh, okay, Max is going to read
0: a, a many teaser for the Instagram. People on
1: here might not know the sense of humor, and I didn't until right now. <laughs> so how come people call their dogs fur babies, but no one calls their kids skin babies? No, skin puppies.
0: Oh, totally it up already. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, joke would have landed so well. It, it would have.
1: I totally bombed do that. Do another one. Way. Okay. So here you can read it because I then I don't mess it up.
0: I really loved. Well, hold on. Well, now let me find one. (laughs) You're like, no, not that one. No, it's just that that. I have to do a one that's gonna make sense out of context. Oh my god, I love this one. This was one of my all time favorites. There's an art to the graceful segue, speaking of which, by my thing, <laughs> when you <laughs> described the, how segues work in copywriting, it was so great. So, okay. So back to the conversation though, but everybody okay. listening do go to at Talking Shrimp NYC on Instagram. Were you always this funny? Tell me about your sense of humor as a child. I just kind of want to know what Laura was like when she was five.
2: It was a lot of fart jokes, which <laughs> I think <laughs> every kid makes. There's, there is, um, this, this is, is going to date me. me. There's it's like, like a cassette t- recording of me saying like, Hi, I'm Jimmy Carter and I made a fart.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Would you record <laughs> yourself growing up on audio?
2: Yeah. Like I loved making tapes. I would make commercials. Some of them were just me reciting commercials. Like, I was obsessed with one for Alberto VO5 hairspray. Amazing. And I would just press record and say, like, hello, I'm Rolula Linska. I don't think that's even how you say your name. I'm Rolula Linska for Alberto VO5. It gives your hair volume. And I thought that was hilarious. So was I funny? I don't know, but I thought I was.
0: You thought you were funny? That's great. And when you were a kid, did you love to write? I
2: actually did. I did. I loved to write a lot more than I do now because (laughs) I was so self-conscious. Like I remember I had this notebook when I was in like fifth grade, this little black notebook. And I was writing, I remember I was writing a novel in it. And the novel was a direct ripoff of Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn. Really? It was like about a kid, like, having a fight like getting in a tussle in the town square (laughs) and his pa being in jail and saying to his friend like eat dirt and the other friend was like no you eat dirt and i remember being so proud of that writing and it it didn't even occur to me like this is i am ripping off mark twain Um, not very well but i I didn't it didn't bother me that i was being so unoriginal i was just lost in the pleasure Mm -hmm. of writing and then at some point you know Adolescence took over, and I became a self-conscious person, and I think that squashed a little bit of the fun. But I still love to write.
0: Well, it definitely shows. I what? hope so. I, I, I certainly hope so, because that is your career. <laughs> Although not everyone loves their career, but I hope you do. <laughs> um, <I> do. <laughs> when was the first gig that you had where you got paid to write, where you got paid for your words?
2: Oh, let's see. I would say the first one. That really counts was when I was at Spy Magazine, I'd been an intern there. That was a really exciting internship to land. Spy was this satirical publication. You can see a lot of its DNA in New York Magazine now, Mm -hmm. like the grid that they have on the back, like the despicable, brilliant grid. That very much comes from Spy Magazine. And it was a really exciting place to work, and they had all these cool parties, and it was like it was hot stuff. But I didn't do anything with my internship. We like, were supposed to be pitching ideas all the time, and all I could manage to do was my assigned task, which was Xerox all the gossip pages and hand them out to the editors every morning. Amazing. And I didn't pitch anything. But then I was hired. by my internship ran out, and someone on the other side, on the ad side, liked me, and. They took me out and they hired me for salary. And then my first assignment was to write an advertorial for Doers for the magazine. Do you know what an advertorial is? Yeah.
0: yeah, Like it seems yeah. like it's an article, but it's actually pitching a product. Right? Is that right?
2: Exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. So I wrote this like this quiz. It was a whole page. It was kind of like had little sidebars and fun things, and it was but the bulk of it was a quiz that was: Do you party like your uncle Marty? And it was like a self-assessment quiz to see if you're a loser and if you really need some doers.
0: Amazing.
2: <laughs> oh, my god, That's funny.
0: How old were you? I was 22 or 23. So you kind of like, did you go to school before that? Did you go to college? I did. I went, I went to, to school. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I just always, I, I, I don't I want to assume, you know, cause so many, so many successful entrepreneurs <laughs> I know, many, college, I know, so entrepreneurs I know did not go to college. college. So, you know, no, you could have been doing that's something true. else. No, that's
2: true. No, that's the hot new thing. No, it's the way you said it. Like, did you go to school, dear? I did. I went to Wesleyan. Oh! And... Yeah, I in we Middletown, Connecticut. Yep. But I didn't go for writing in particular. It's a liberal arts school. I didn't have a career in mind. I did. I was an English major because I wanted to read, basically. And maybe I didn't even. I wish I'd taken advantage of all the things Wesleyan had to offer, oh. like all the creative writing courses. And
0: oh my god, it's so true. Courses. Like college we should is really go so to college when we're wasted on people who are what? like eighteen to twenty-two. It's the worst. I look back at. Like, I remember I went back to Brown and I picked up a course catalog and I was just like, I mean, I was excited about learning when I was there, probably maybe more than your average person. But honestly, I just couldn't wait to like leave and be an adult. And I wish I could go back and like get to learn all day about Me things. Too. I Like,
2: it's hello, a- it's the best thing ever. <laughs> Why are we not sent to college at age 35?
0: It should be. It totally should Like there should, should be, be
2: a fund where you are not allowed to work. Like you are funded for four years, and your career is on pause, and it will be it's frozen in time. Yeah. And we'll be there when you get back, and we all go to college. Although I think a lot of marriages would probably
0: break up, but you know. <laughs> if you all went to college, and we're like hanging yeah. out with yeah.
1: Maybe we shouldn't get married right. till we're like forty. Then we just prolong it all
0: yeah maybe that's almost what I did how I got married at 37 and how and so I won't ask you how long you've been married but because you know then that we're you know, suddenly do, doing math no, but no. <laughs> I don't mind my age I've been married it'll be 10 years this year amazing that's awesome and your yeah. husband is he also a business owner he is right
2: he is. Well, he's in the restaurant business. Yeah. It's a whole different kind of business ownership. He's a partner in a restaurant called Santa in Soho. Uh-huh. And he's also involved with a couple of other restaurants as the COO. So he's part business owner, part employee. So do you and, just uh, eat out like every day? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I there know? was a while where he wasn't working on any project and
2: he would come home and he would cook. Mm-hmm. And I would. Yeah, no. and it was a nice <laughs> money-saving time, but um, <laughs> now we're back to, now he's working really hard, so we're back to eating out pretty much every night. Or,
1: or do you li- where do you live?
2: I live in New York City in Greenwich okay. Village.
0: Okay. Yeah. So. so 12th Street.
2: The street yeah. the she lives right by, New New like,
0: ish, ish right by Marie and Josh. Yeah. Well, yes. so, yes. so yes. And, you and, you and you and I met through Marie for Leo, mm-hmm. and can you tell how you met Marie, because it's kind of a funny story.
2: Oh, sure. (laughs) Marie and I met at crunch the gym in hip hop class. And this was a hip hop class that I went to every week. And Marie was always there. And I could not stand her. She was like, (laughs) she was so annoying, only because she had the perfect body, like flat abs, big boobs perfect butt, great hair, that even if she sweat, the hair never, like, the hair was somehow untouchable, and she hit every move, like, when the teacher was, like, boom, cat, boom, cat, Marie would be, like, boom, cat, boom, cat, and she was always in the front, and I, I remember the teacher announcing, like, a striptease class, and Marie was like, oh, can we, like, wear costumes and make it really fun? It's just like, shut up. And then we started talking one day and she was really nice. <laughs> which was which makes it worse. <laughs> which made it worse. I was like, oh man, I really wanted to not like you.
0: Oh, so there's times now I have to like you.
2: And we became friends and... I mean, she was so good that she started teaching, and I would go to her class, and I went religiously, and it was a really good class. And she was bartending and, you know, hustling, as they say. And I asked her if she seemed to be able to take on just about anything. So I asked if she wanted another bartending gig because my husband was opening a restaurant called Leader House and needed bartenders. And she was like, Yeah, sure, I'll take another. And so she ended up bartending at Weaver House. And I remember I would go in to visit her and she would have her back turned like she would be in before the shift, like in short shorts in like little cut off Daisy Dukes chopping limes and lemons. And her butt would be like, boom, 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 boom. And there would be a line of busters standing there with their mouths (laughs) open. (laughs) oh my god amazing so that's how we met and she would always bring her she was all you know she had the bartending case and she was a life coach and she was a hip hop teacher and she would bring this yellow legal pad to class when she taught and she would say before the class and at the end of the class hey I also have a newsletter where I talk about how to have a better life how to do less and have more if you are interested sign up and everybody would sign up and that was her opting
0: I freaking love that You know, Marie taught me about the importance of (laughs) growing a list, (laughs) and I didn't know really about that before Marie, and she told me, like, yeah, when I would teach hip-hop, when I would, you know, be bartending, like, I would tell everyone to get on my list, and I was like, God, the chutzpah, it's just so good to be, like, a bartender and also be like, hey, I'll also teach you how to have a better life, get on my list, I'll serve you a drink. and a little inspiration, totally. so I so you've really seen the transformation with that. I love that. That's, that's so
1: cool. this is amazing. Next time we hang out with Marie, I'll just be like, so I heard Laura Belgrade kickstarted your whole career by giving you a bartending
0: position. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's right. right. I am the magic behind the woman. I made it all happen. You definitely right. did. Yeah. Now, did you learn about list building from Marie, or does that something you knew elsewhere? Because you're back to the Instagram. You're really good at being funny, but then also like building your business. So let's talk a little bit about list building and your strategy. With that. Action. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I a hundred percent. I learned it from her. I was before we ever worked together before I was part of any of her programs, like had joined anything that she did, we would just hang out. And I was, so I was writing promos for TV, had been for a long time and was putting together a new website, mostly to host my reel so that, producers and networks could go and look at my website and see what spots I had done. And so I told Maria I was working on my website as like, you know, do like these designs. And she's like, yeah, you're going to have an opt in, right? And I was like, Oh, what in? <laughs> and so she, she took out her yellow legal, her yellow legal pad and drew a diagram for me, which seemed very confusing. She's like, you're yes. going to sign up for a service like a Weber. <laughs> you are going to have, give away a freebie when they, you know, they'll put in their email, they will get a message asking them to confirm. And then they will get another message. That's automatic that you're going to write, giving them their thing and blah, blah, blah. And, I was like, I don't understand any of this. Why am It was just this crazy flow chart. But then she was like, your list is gold, and you need a list. I had no idea what I was going to do with a list, but I listened to her. And I put a freebie on the site and started building a list. She was also the one who said, you're going to have a blog, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, this is 2009. I was like, isn't it too late to start a blog? Oh, my gosh. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. And why did you I mean, think that? has a blog. I was like, I thought blogging was, I just, I just thought, thought it was too late to jump, jump into that, that world. world. Oh That's amazing. <laughs> because
0: in 2009, I first became aware of blogs and I was like, <laughs> it's so funny how our perception can be just only colored by our own experience because you're you were thinking it was too late in 2009 I was thinking what the frick is a blog nobody reads those. <laughs> like <laughs> nobody writes those why would I ever do that cut to 2010 when I started mine I was like I'm gonna you know it was so funny so did you start one in 2009 did you start I talking did. shrimp in 2009 that's when I launched talking, talking shrimp. shrimp oh my gosh why is and, your name and, talking and, shrimp because of what
1: why is it named Talking Shrimp?
2: Uh, yeah, people love that name. Like whenever I go to the bank and I have my like Talking Shrimp tote bag, or they see my car, my business card, the Talking Shrimp, they're like, Talking Shrimp, do you sell seafood?
0: Amazing. Mm.
2: Uh, <laughs> no. So really, it's because my husband and I hired an accountant together when we got married, and he said you guys should incorporate, come up with a name. And so I was like, I guess it should be a name that has an available URL. Uh-huh. And it was just really random. I was like, what about talking animals? What about, you know, talking tomato? What about, and for some reason those were taken. And then <laughs> <laughs> talking shrimp. And it just, we, I, we just liked the name because it could mean anything or nothing and could apply to my business or it could apply to his business and just like that it was random and then I started I went into a whole swirl of confusion once I started getting into Marie's world and learning about online business and she would always tell people use your name right. and I was like oh no you know I bought a domain talking shrimp and I already set up my site talking shrimp do I have to change it back to com? she's like nah, keep not, talking shrimp not for you <laughs>
0: no, not it for is, you well that's you, a great though. example too though that like There are no hard and fast rules and sometimes it just doesn't apply. Like, you know, I just, for people listening, like just to, yeah, definitely if you don't have like a clear idea for your business name, like for sure, you know, just use your name. And I used my name because I know that I changed my mind about every six months and I knew I wouldn't want (laughs) to stick with it, but I'll, you know, pretty much stick with my name. Although I have had three different versions of that. So you started Talking Shrimp in 2009. At that time, were you already working with entrepreneurs or were you only working in TV at that time?
2: I was really only working with TV. And remember the only, like the whole idea of this site was to host my reel. That was what it was going to be. right? And then Marie said, have an opt-in and have a blog. And she asked me to speak at her first ever live event which was called Rich, Happy, and Hot Log. I was there,
0: and you were great.
2: Were were you there? I was there. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no, no, I came the second year. I didn't go to the first one. You were there for the, yeah. You were there for the big one. So this was like 50 to 60 people in the library at Soho House. And she asked me to speak at it, and she said, can you just do a talk on coffee? And so I said, sure, and I put together five rules for non-sucky copy. That was my talk. And people started coming up to me afterwards and saying, can you help me with my website? Can you help me with, you know, I'm a a lawyer, I'm a real estate agent, I'm a this, I'm a coach. Can you help me with my website copy or my marketing copy? And I was like, yeah, sure. I knew that people, I didn't specialize in it. I didn't know anything about website copy or anything like that, but it didn't occur to me that I couldn't do it because I knew that people (laughs) – We're terrible (laughs) writers. And I was like, (laughs) I know I can do a better job than they do. I know I I can do better than you. So, yes. I can do better than you. So, yes, (laughs) give me money and I will. (laughs) And then I turned that talk. Marie said, turn your talk into an opt in. And so I did. That was
0: my lead magnet. And it still is. And it still is because why not? Like, okay, Uh so when you read all of the sucky copy on the internet and there's so much of it there's some really good (laughs) copy but there's a lot of sucky copy you don't have to give all of the five secrets to non-sucky copy because obviously (laughs) people should go get them over at talking com. but what are some of the big things that you see that you're just like oh god please don't do that
2: Yeah, well, the number one thing that I see that is so easily fixed is that people don't write conversationally. Mm -hmm. They think most people have been trained either by their English teacher or by their corporate career anywhere where somebody has a big red pen and corrects (laughs) them that it is not professional to speak conversational to write conversationally and you see use contractions. So if anyone listening doesn't know what contractions are, there are those combo words like that use an apostrophe, like you were it's we're instead of you are it is we are. And so most people will write like on their homepage. Hello. I am so glad that you are here. <laughs> I will show you how to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, imagine or it'll say, like, imagine that you are waking up in the morning and you are eating breakfast. Like, nobody talks like that. Other like, than, like, the computer.
0: You know, what? The computer talks like that. Like, the when she's, you know, like that. yeah. You
2: know, even Siri is more conversational than that. <laughs> you know, she, she even Siri will say, I'm sorry. Right. She doesn't say, I am sorry. It's so, so true. It's like old robots speak.
0: So conversational. So
2: Conversational. And if you ever wonder whether your writing, whether your copy is conversational, read it out loud, word for word, yeah. and see if you if see if it sounds like you or if it sounds like you're reading out loud. If it sounds like you're reading writing, then rewrite it in a way that sounds like you. Like whatever words you have. now like, read it out loud, and then pretend you're saying the same thing to a friend. Right. See how differently you say it. Write it the way you would say it to a friend.
0: Well, I love that that you had like the TV background because it's really, I recently wrote my first video scripts and even the difference, like I write pretty conversationally, but the difference between like writing a blog and a video script is really still quite different because I realized like I just needed to cut out a lot of words and then it has made me more economical with my words in my writing even that's gonna still stay as writing that I'm not gonna speak. But the fact that you came from the T V world to then the online copy world is very cool because you already had that mindset.
2: Yeah, well, especially when it comes to length and being economical. Like you don't have if you're writing thirty second spots or fifteen second spot, you don't have a single word or syllable to spare. You have to cut out every word that isn't necessary. So that's another uh, another one like a big blunder that people make and it's a really easy one to make and semi easy to fix because you have so much to say and you want to say everything but you you can't say everything. You've got to cut out words and be cutting out words is considerate to mm-hmm. your reader. You want to cut out what I call verbal bubble wrap. And when you think think about like when you open a present And it's in a whole bunch of wrapping paper and then you open the box and you're really excited. It's a big box and then it's full of packing peanuts and then full of bubble wrap, which is fun to pop. But you're like, Oh, it turns out there's only like some tiny little, like there's a pair of socks inside. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Or it might be some beautiful gem, but it's like, you you have to get through a lot of stuff to find the present. That's what a lot of people's writing is, is like on, especially on the internet and they will pad their message. With all this fluff, all these bubbles, like one example I'd like to give is something you see a lot on an about page, like, you know, this mission, which is the driving principle behind my business came about because ever since I was a very little girl, at my very littlest, I knew in my deepest heart of hearts the number one core truth that every woman is beautiful. <laughs> Which you could have just every woman is beautiful, right?
0: Yeah. Ah.
1: So, Planet of the apps just launched that show on iTunes. For those of you that are not aware, it's a Jessica Alba. Will I Am, Kenneth Paltrow and Gary Vaynerchuk are. It's like the uh, all those talent shows that they do, but it's, it's
0: like X Factor.
1: Yeah, it's like X Factor, and but they basically ride. They have sixty seconds to ride down an elevator. or It's like Shark Tank. It's Shark Tank, but for app for developers. Sharks. Yeah, so you have sixty seconds to ride down an elevator and convince these folks that your app is. They're going to advise you and then they're going to go get VC money, venture capital money. And it's really cool because what you just shared with like the fluff in and about page, there is no room because that escalator, I guess it's an elevator. Yeah, the escalator. It looks like an escalator, but it's actually an elevator that kind of grinds you down.
2: Something that goes up and down.
1: Yes, that's right. There's fluff that helps. Yes. So basically, what their pitches are in 60 seconds and listening to them. There is no room for anything else, you know, and what they talked about, they were like, what's going to make this app different? Well, the mission and the reason we started this and they they get cut off, like, especially Gary V just (laughs) like, no, nobody cares about that. Like, it's not going to matter when you're up against Google, what your mission is. Like the reality is not, it's like, how is this going to make your Mm -hmm. customer, the user of this life's better? And how are you going to beat Google? You know, it's like, it's like so direct. It's like the reason behind all of that. Yeah, it's pretty cool to watch something that's like from a pitch standpoint that's live that just came out. That I started noticing exactly what you're talking about in the copy world.
2: So that's exactly it. You've got to cut right to it. Like, what is it, and what does it do for me? Not like everybody. We're getting a lot of mixed messages now because everyone's like, start with why the science thing. Yeah. So like that, you, you got to know your why. And my big thing is nobody cares about your why if they don't know your what, or if your what
0: sucks. Yeah. Totally. And I think it's a really important distinction. I'm so glad you brought that up. And by the way, that is another brilliant meme on at Talking and (laughs) Listening on Instagram that I recommend you go read and then read the further information below in the caption. But, you know, I think it's important as entrepreneurs, for us to know our why internally. Because I do think energetically that shines through, but I don't right. think we need to spell it out because just like you said, our customer actually doesn't care. Our customer cares, you know, can we fix their problem? And then later right. on down the line, maybe they have like a touchy-feely nice experience of like a mission-driven company. That's not why they're taking money out of their wallet. Would you agree? Totally. I, I would I agree, agree
2: completely. completely. I mean, I like sometimes, sometimes the why speaks to the what sometimes the why resonates for the customer. Like I, a health coach and nutritionist the other day, whose why that she came up with that is her tagline is because, you know, you should be able to feel great without living in a world without cheese. Like, that. like you shouldn't have right you shouldn't have to because you shouldn't have to live in a world without cheese that's is basically funny. the why and that's something that people are like yes um thank god someone is gonna help me feel great and not take cheese from my life what was she selling uh, just a, a health plan, that, like, a nutrition plan, that incorporated cheese. <laughs> I like
0: Genius! It. Actually, we were at a dinner <laughs> yeah. party last night where one of the women was talking about the fact that her kid, her baby, has gas issues, but she's not willing to give up cheese, even though she senses quite short sure that it's like he has a dairy allergy, but she's so attached to it, she can't let it go, so she could be a great client for this person. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that. that's a real Sophie's <laughs> choice, choosing between your baby and cheese.
0: <laughs> it really is. It, it is. It's true. That's
1: exactly it. She's like breastfeeding and we're like, you know, you could just do it for two weeks. And she she's like, like, I know. Am but,
0: I a terrible mother? I was like, cheese, I don't know. Yeah. But the cheese. But Where's it's my about the baby cheese. baby baby
2: and my brie baby. <laughs> oh my
0: God, that's <laughs> so, so amazing. choice. Which baby? That is so amazing. Okay, so when you're working with a client... And Mm -hmm. they are very flowery and wordy. I'm just speaking about myself right now, obviously. (laughs) And it's like, okay, yes, I have this thing that I want to sell, but there are 35 things I want to tell the customer that all feel equally important. How, like, so somebody's listening right now and they're like, okay, wow, what would I say in 60 seconds going down an elevator escalator? Mm -hmm. What do you, where do you recommend that they start with that? I think I recommend like... Crafting
2: a really small bit of copy, knowing how many words on the page is 60 seconds, if, mm. if they want it to be 60 seconds, and, like, and timing it. And then deciding what is number one. Like what is, The thing that I ask my, all my clients is, what words do you say that make people light up and that make people say, oh, my God, I need you. I need to work with you or I need that. What's the one thing that most gets that reaction? Well, then let's start with that. Let's focus on that. They don't have to know everything. Like you have to, sometimes you have to consider your copy, if it's say your homepage or a little nugget that you're telling people, you have to consider it your store window. Mm-hmm. Nobody puts everything in the store window. They do. You don't want to go in there. It's like, oh boy, there's a teddy bear and a lampshade and a lot of clothing. I'm not going in there. You see one nice outfit and you're going in. You don't need everything in the store window, just enough to make people say, oh, tell me more.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm For like your pitch or the, you know, the social media post or the headline or the whatever, like just enough to go deeper,
2: just Just enough to to go deeper. And when it comes to, you know, the other thing you mentioned was flowery writing, So there's long and then and too much. And then there's also flowery. Mm -hmm. And, you know, rather than like I teach you to step into your sexy, juicy, most goddessy selfness and discover your true, authentic self and truth and like you know, if those are the words that resonate with your people and they're already attached to finding their authentic goddessness, okay, great. But if you're speaking to people who like real, concrete terms, you know, I... It maybe. What is the outcome of that? You I make me you laugh. Like real <laughs> <laughs> Like, does it mean that you're going to walk into the conference room and everyone will drop their muffins and listen to you? It's, that it's you want to paint a picture with your words. I'm looking at some like a little before and after paragraph here, and this isn't flowery, but it's boring. So the before was. Six out of ten people are losing sleep over at least one financial issue, according to last year's creditcard.com survey. 68% of women are losing sleep worrying about their finances. My goal is to help you be a part of the other 32%. A financial plan can help you stop worrying and wondering about your money situation. I want you to feel confident and at ease when you think about your finances. Okay, straightforward. Mm. We get it. But it doesn't... If it has some concrete details, maybe it would wake up the reader and get them really interested. So we change it to imagine knowing you're making the right decisions with your money. You're saving enough so you won't need to move in with your in-laws if you lose your job. You're investing correctly so you won't need to be a greeter at Walmart when you're 85. You know how much you can donate to Planned Parenthood when Trump makes his next catastrophic move. A financial plan can give you this clarity. You'll know you're making the right decisions with your money now and for the future. So those are concrete oh details God, that speak to a really specific person. Yeah. You know, so a you, really specific person.
0: A very specific yeah. person who's so easy would be, it's really like, you know, who else has great copy is the thinks period underwear ladies. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I go to their website and I'm like, They have really given some thought about who their ideal customer is because the copy is not for everyone. So can we talk about the fear? Your website is really funny. And like, again, like it's not for everyone. So can you talk about people who are like the issue, kind of that dance between watering down your message so that you don't, you know, ruffle anybody's feathers and just like being yourself and being okay with not being for everyone? How do you work with your clients on that?
2: I assure them that they're going to do so much better when they're for a specific kind of person and drive away the others. Like, first of all, don't you want to work with people? Don't you want customers that you like, (laughs) whose values you share? And like, you know, say this person, she doesn't want Trump voters.
0: Right. Yeah, obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's
2: okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Some people, like if you have a, even if you have a product that people are just buying, like straight from the internet or from the store, and you don't have to deal with any of them. It's like who cares whether you know, who cares who they voted for, or who cares if they have a sense of humor, their you know, their money's going in your pocket, even then it is smarter to be really attracted the kind of person that you like and that you would want to hang out with, and it's okay to drive away others because if you try to make your message for everybody, nobody will notice it. Yeah. It's just going to be watered down and bland, and you won't be memorable in any way. Nobody is for everybody. Like, no brand that you like out there is for everybody. I challenge you to name a brand that is for everybody. Yeah. Can you think of anything?
1: Air Jordans. No,
2: <laughs> I don't
0: wear those. <laughs> Neither do I. Honey. I know. Not I a just, good example. I, I mean, just, even when you take a large company like Procter & Gamble, for example, you know, which is not a specific brand, by the way, it's like a holding company. But still, like, even if you take something like that, that like probably everybody has purchased something from them in their lifetime. The truth is like, I don't really resonate with that because I know they're not super conscious. And like, even though occasionally I might spend money there when I have to, it's still you're right. It's totally not really for me. I would never well, identify exactly. as that. Yeah. No, I think that's really I
1: important. don't think anybody walks around saying, I'm a Procter & Gamble. No, but
0: I'm just thinking like, oh, yeah. you know, the basic, you know, drugstore brands. Right.
1: Correct. Okay. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about folks that have trouble writing copy? You know, like right. to sit down and – because, you know, talking to you and Kate is – so I'm the opposite of you two, where it's like you guys are these – can write, you know, probably – 30,000 words in, you know, an hour and be like, done, you know, that's maybe that's a little extreme, a, but that's an uh,
0: exaggeration.
1: <laughs> but what's like, so like, a th- what's your blog post average length?
0: 600 to 800 words.
1: Right. So, okay, let's just take 800 words. And I mean, I've been driving in the car and she busted out in 10 minutes, you know, or 15 minutes in the car. And I'm like, how the heck did you just do that? So for me, it's a, it's much harder to even writing Instagram posts. Sometimes I've been trying to get better at like using correct grammar and stuff. But like, how do you, I don't know if this is your, have suggestions for folks that it's a little bit more challenging to come up with copy ideas.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that not everybody is meant to write copy in terms of if copy means like the words on your website or a sales page or very specific pieces that are meant to sell. Yep. That does take a specific skill, and not everybody is meant to write it. I think everyone should try. I think everybody should understand the principles of good copy and learn copywriting so that they know what good copy looks like and so that they understand what their voice might look like on the page. But I think it is totally fine to hire somebody to write your copy or help you with it. I think it should be collaborative. I think it should sound like you, especially if you're a solo printer, if you are your brand. It should sound like you, it should always have a voice, you should be part of what decides, you know, you should you should at least be helping to decide what the voice is like. But when it comes to other pieces that many people would call content, I think it's all copy. Like it's all working together to sell you. But say your Instagram posts, your blog posts, letters, like emails to your list. When it comes to that, I think it is such a useful skill. To be able to put your voice down into words on the page. And it's something to practice and not freak out about so much. I like to think of it as copy talking, not so much as copywriting. Like it is just what the words that you say, the things that you would say to a friend, the things that you would say to your customer, and assuming your customer is a friend, so you wanna talk in a friendly way, put down into, like typed out onto the page, and whether that means you have to talk into a, a tape recorder. Uh, sorry, that's um, a voice recorder. Isn't, Isn't that more tape t- A dictaphone, you mean? <laughs> yes, a dictaphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're like all these millennials. What's a tape recorder? I know. Um, that's
1: for, so old this, school. <laughs> I just have a personal secretary that walks around with me and just oh, types it all out.
0: Totally. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the, the girls from the steno pool will yeah do it. yeah no they're on it
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh. so whether it's like get you know talking into a machine and having it come out and having it translated into text or just getting used to typing out the things that you would say i think it's really important to be able to express yourself in that way to express yourself in words like all your communication like how do you communicate for your business it's not through interpretive dance, right?
0: It's not for words. us. Although <laughs> not for you, not for us. Although my friend, Jess does actually do. You can dance again. She's on Instagram. She does. She does communicate through interpretive dance for her business.
2: Right so she barely has to say a word except for like, look at this dance. Right. But it's really important to be able to tell stories and just communicate your ideas and your thoughts and, not only that, it's not just important, I think it's a huge privilege, the idea that you can put your message out there. Like, I think a lot about my, how my parents used to write into this section of the Times. So it's still going. It's, it was called Metropolitan Diary. It's called Metropolitan Diary. And it's these like little stories every Monday about, like, little New York stories, like, You know, I was on the subway and a bum quipped. You know, madam, I can see your underwear only in New York <laughs> and, uh, you know, or made my day. And so my parents would write into that always and they'd be like, you know, open the paper and like, damn it. Once again, they failed to see the brilliance of my story. It's not oh my there. God. And, you know, my, my mom actually got in it once and it was really exciting. And that clipping, I think is still up on their bulletin board in hey, the mother. kitchen. So it was a big, it used to be a big deal to be able to publish Your message to be able to publish your thoughts or a little story now everybody gets to do it like we all get to put our words out there which is an amazing thing and you can have tens hundreds thousands hundreds of thousands of people even millions some of us have millions not me but you know following and reading along so you want to get you like want to take advantage of that Mm -hmm.
0: i I completely agree and it is such a privilege and it's also like Honing your craft in terms of self-expression, I think just like you said, cutting out words is considerate to your reader. I think honing your craft is considerate to the reader, like to our audience. You know, when Marie says your list is gold, yes, your list is gold from a money-making perspective, but I also know she means that your list is like, really, you want to treat them with love and kindness and care. And I think honing the craft is really important. So if somebody, so practicing, obviously, like practicing talking and expressing, whether it's into a dictaphone or getting it, (laughs) you know, getting it transcribed or practicing in writing, obviously practice, I think is one of the biggest ways to get better. But what are some other ways that you could like point people to, whether it's offerings that you have or, you know, other things that you've done just to get better at writing copy?
2: Yes. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, thank you for that opening. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. hundred oh, percent. That was a beautiful segue. hundred percent recommend that people take The Coffee Cure, which is my online course with Marie Forleo, the one with the perfect body and the hip hop moves. <laughs> and it's binge watchable and under four hours, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you can get better at writing in an afternoon. Like Sunday afternoon, it's such a, I love our course so much. It is really.
0: And I just have to say, even though this isn't why somebody should buy it, the branding is so genius. And the way you guys pulled through the whole kind of like underscoring of this kind of turn of the century apothecary, Mm -hmm. but really funny vibe. It's so genius and fun.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we had fun with that yeah, and, awesome. and it, it can kind of inspire you to like, oh yeah, there's so I can have a theme, I can yes. have a voice, I can do this with my writing. So, I think for sure do that and you can if you go to the copycure.com, you will get a free sample class to see if you like our style and give you a little taste of the course and help you start writing copy that connects and converts right away. And I have a free gift that people can use, and people have used this in all different ways. It's called the Tackle Your Tagline Cheat Sheet. Oh, nice. And that is at talkingshrimp.com slash tagline. And people love it. it. It'll help you generate all different taglines, but you can also, like, oh, my God, you have too many taglines to choose from. So you can use some for... Subject lines for your emails, you can use them as subheaders. you can use them as blog post titles. It will give you so many ideas that you didn't know you had in you.
0: Okay, we're going to go get it right now because that sounds exciting. (laughs) So how has it been?
1: I heard a a marketer talk about he had a lot of friends who are copywriters and they've all tried to start their copywriting courses and promote and sell their copywriting courses and a lot of times they don't sell anything. And he was talking about how that's kind of
0: ironic. Well, you? that's what, that was the thing
1: is like yeah, and that was the thing he was talking about where he said you have to, you can't just say and I don't know you know I know your situation might be a little bit different, but I'm curious yourself as a copywriter who's worked a lot of one-on-one with clients and still to this day does that and your past history, but like how has it been for you to sell a copywriting course and even putting the marketing out there that if it is working what probably is different that you're might be doing differently. And I can tell you what he said after we're done, but I'm just curious what your <laughs>
2: answer. What, like, are you asking me, is it challenging <laughs> to sell a copywriting course? Yes.
0: It's like,
1: yeah. Has it been, you know, from a business perspective, cause you're really good at the one-on-one, right. Is working with a one-on-one yeah. client and helping them from that. But now all of a sudden selling, going into selling a course, has that changed the way you've been, marketing yourself or putting your business out there or and do people want Because one of the things you talked about is that people don't really want to learn how to write better copy to a certain degree Really? Yeah, he said that nobody, these nobody wants to buy like, <laughs> yeah,
0: right. a get
1: better at writing copyright. If they course. knew
0: that it's like learning to go, do good copy is like printing money, they would want to learn how. That's what he said. That's what <laughs> I was curious. Exactly. Thank you for that
2: line. Now I'm putting that like next next version of our sales page. Perfect. Um, but it's true. Being 20% able comes to, our way. Remember this. <laughs> yeah, you have now. to make people understand that being able to write copy is like <laughs> being able to print money. It's like it is. Salesmanship—it sells for you. Yeah. Salesmanship in text—it, like, when you know how to do it, your words can go out there, making you know. So you don't have to make the phone calls. You don't have to go door to door. Not that anyone would do that anymore. Like, who rings a doorbell? But, <laughs> but it effectively goes out there for you. It is your clone. It's your stand-in. It goes out there and sells for you, it makes friends for you, it makes connections, it gets people, when you know how to do it, it gets people to obsess over you and want everything that you can offer. So when people understand that, they want to write copy. Now one challenge of selling our course is that it is evergreen. It's available all year round. And we're gonna change things up so that there's some timely fun bonuses. But Mm That is the real challenge. Is that it's a thing that some people are inclined to put off. Right. There's and not a genuine so they're scarcity. like, oh, I got to learn copywriting. I'll learn it next week. Right now, I have, like I have too much copy to write to learn copywriting. <laughs> and, and so, so some people will put it off, but people buy it and love it, and and the more testimonials we have, the more success stories we have, the more people want it, and we share those a lot. And it's very exciting to see people get results and write into us like, Oh my God, I now write fearlessly in Mm -hmm. my voice. I'm so inspired and so excited. And my, you know, I just sent out an email that got the highest open rate that I've ever gotten. And people are writing me to thank me for writing the email. So people get really exciting results. And when other people see those, they buy.
0: I love Mm -hmm. that. I honestly think, you know, if I, and I'm not trying to just like blow glitter up your skirt but like the truth is if there, I mean I just think copywriting is so important and I tell our b-schoolers every year like literally like if you just skipped everything and learned to write good copy you would be able to do so much more than you could if you just don't learn this skill like I just don't think people understand how critical it is so I want to know Mike what did the guy say? No but
1: to your point like It's not easy for, like, I would say the majority of humans.
0: No, I do understand that it's not easy, but Laura, but you said, you know, people don't really want to learn how. And I think that any skill, even though it may not ever come easy to you, any skill can be improved upon. Like, I I, I, I am agree, not yes. good at, for example, I cannot do a pull-up at this time in my life. But yeah. I do know if I put in some time and effort, I could eventually do it. I just don't have the desire because it's not like printing money. It's not going to make me any money to pull, do a pull-up. But so, Mike, what was the thing that the guy said? He said about you why?
1: have to – and this was also – there's there's other things about this person. I was like, you've been in this business. You've been in marketing world for 14 years and you're just – he talked about like building relationship instead of just selling to his audience. And he's built a wildly successful business. And I was like, yeah, it took you 14 years to realize that you should have a relationship with your customers. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, but he's done that, but it's also not been in the way that we look at our business. You know, the way you and I look at this from much more relationship, you know, it yeah. comes from relationship based instead of yeah. just from a money base. And I think, and if it, a lot of the internet marketing days early on, he was one of the guys that were there. But he just talked about that he masks what – it's like marketing in itself where it's like you're telling them – like he wrote a book but the book was really about – the whole thing was really about copywriting. But the title of the book was not – had didn't have anything to do with copywriting. Uh But he basically said that – he's like I'm giving you – what you really need to build it, but that's not how I'm positioning it, right? To a certain, and he said that's what he. So that's seen how it.
0: he finally sold the course,
1: right? And so he, in mm-hmm. what he noticed in a lot of his friends that were writing copy or selling copywriting courses, was just like, get your ten steps to better copywriting here, and they weren't nothing was happening hmm.
0: because they didn't understand the value of copywriting itself. That
1: is correct. I see. You know the way right. you just sum that sentence up with writing. You know the copy is printing money, but. That is much different than what he was describing, so that it's a much different approach. His approach was much different than what Mm -hmm. we're talking about.
2: He Trojan horsed it, he put out a Trojan horse, um, so people wouldn't know, like, they don't even realize they're learning copywriting,
0: correct? Right. Right, yes, yeah. I love that. That's, yeah. And that's a whole other marketing thing. Right. And are, that's like, conversation
1: about I mean, it. our course, the money love course, that's kind of what it, there's a certain element to that too, because it's, yes, it's getting better with your money, but a lot of that is really improving.
0: It's really about self-love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which, of course, if you called it like the art of
2: the spreadsheet. No, thank you. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay, so Laura, as you know, as a listener of the Cade and Mike Show, which we're so grateful for you listening, Mike has a final question that he really likes to ask our guests. So would you like to ask your final question, honey?
1: Sure. Okay. What would you like your funeral to be like?
2: Oh, right. This question. You know what? I want to be there. <laughs> I would like my funeral to happen before I die. <laughs> I want to hear all the praise. I want to, like... I want it to be like my wedding was, where people do mm-hmm. funny toasts. And then the DJ plays all my music, which is hip-hop and house from the early 90s, even though nobody else wants to dance to that. I don't care if I'm the only one dancing to the Humpty Dance. That's what I want at my funeral, at my live funeral. That's what dance. I think it to be like. But then for my <laughs> real funeral, after I'm dead, I guess I want everybody to... I would like a fund for everybody, all my friends, to go on vacation together.
1: Oh, that's awesome! I
0: love that. Oh, that is. So but funny. I want to be there for that too. Of course, you would want to be there for
1: that. What <laughs> <laughs> does um? Not to die.
0: Yeah, great. I love it. Great solution.
1: I mean, we're free like October 2018. We could just set this thing up now.
0: Let's Set up the live funeral.
2: Yeah, the live. The, funeral. Yeah, the
0: live funeral slash vacation to yeah. celebrate Laura before she dies in a long time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you.
0: Yeah, that is
1: uh Hi, I mean lovely. we're free then. We can oh just do God. it next year.
0: Well th- Laura, yeah. this has been so much fun. I am reinvigorated to get even more mm-hmm. dialed in on my copy, especially with the word economy. Like it is considerate to your reader to take out words. That really is sticking with me. So thank you for that nugget. Thank you do for Do we have Ugh. copy cure? Yes, I am a student of I'm copy cure. I have gone through it. I love it. And also just to plug, because you're here, I just want our readers to know Laura really helped with the sales page for the Money Love course. And the sales page is pretty much what we worked on together. So so just so you know, it works. And that's one of our... It works. Yeah, it works. And we just like make sales with that course every single day. So thank you so much, Laura. For everyone listening, go to Talkingshrimp.com and learn more and get the freebie at Talkingshrimp.com forward slash tagline. Anything else, Laura? I just want to thank you both for the most fun podcast interview I've ever done. I
2: hope none of the other interviewers are listening, but this was really fun.
0: (laughs) I love it. Thanks for being here, Laura. Um,
2: Just side note, Laura. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Copyright
1: on the bottom of your website should be updated 2017.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You're such a pain in the ass. Um, Thank
2: you. It's the year 2017. It's intentionally retro. I'm, I'm helping people shave off a year.
1: That's good.
0: It's an ageless (laughs) website.
1: And then you should put your Instagram link right here because we have Facebook and Twitter. Maybe
2: she doesn't want to send
0: people to Instagram. I I
2: don't. The Instagram is to send them to TalkingShrimp.com. Exactly.
0: I just, I I want to have a whole other conversation with you about Instagram strategy and perhaps we will. But I just really, one more plug, please follow at NYC. A, because it's funny, but B, because you will actually get really good insights on Instagram strategy. And Laura, I know you have to go, but I have to ask you one more question. How yeah. the heck do you get paragraph breaks on Instagram without putting in oh. an icon?
2: I know everyone wants to know that. Is right? that a secret I, um, trick? It's kind of a secret, <laughs> but not really. It's called later.com.
0: Oh, thank you. Done. You're it's the best. The best. It's okay. later.com. Later. Thank you. Later. All right. But don't Thank remember that guys. website. Remember talking Thank you so much yeah. for coming. Laura. <laughs> Thanks,
2: guys, bye. We'll talk soon. I hope. Okay. Bye. bye.
0: Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you. Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living to learn what they are. Go to katenorthup.com forward slash tools.